Welcome everyone to episode eight, Sovereign AF podcast. I'm your host, Regina Cornelio. So excited to be back and I'm so excited for my guests tonight, Corey and Lorena, Little Rogue Farm. We are going to start off talking about raising livestock for food and bringing sovereignty to your family. My guests are city slickers turned farmers also here in Idaho. And um, they raise all types of animals for for um, food, and they also have plenty of other animals that not for food. And they have a store, and they have treats for humans and pets, and they raw feed, and they have classes, and they are killing it. I mean, I'm gonna let them tell everything that they do. It's just it's too much to even intro with that. But anyway, thank you guys so much for being here with me. No, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to to kind of dive in. So can you tell me, give me a little background on you guys, like like what brought you to Idaho and and what made you want to get into having a farm and all the things? Well, we we came to Idaho nine years ago. Mm, yeah, 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 2015. Yeah, eight. 14 I think it was 2014 and um anyways we were driving through we were driving to Salt Lake City and we stayed in the Boise area and I was like wow this place is kind of nice like I kind of like it you know kind of thing I I had never been to Idaho and I lived in Washington so it was like I never there's no reason to come to Idaho you know and um anyways we were Deciding to move, I did not want to be in Washington anymore. We had, both of us are originally from Washington. We left Washington. We came back to Washington a few years later. And I was like, I don't want to stay here very long. And we wanted to move somewhere else. And I, we originally wanted to move back to the Medford area of Oregon because we really loved it when we lived there. And I just kept thinking like, maybe we should think about Idaho, like, cause we had driven through it and liked it. And so Corey was working at the time in California. I was in LA. So yep. Far. And I like literally asked him, Hey, can you check your work? And where, how far do you have to be from an airport? Cause he traveled everywhere and he only needed to be like 45 minutes to an airport and he could live wherever the hell he wanted to live. And um, so Instead of him going and looking in places in Medford for us to move, I sent him here to Idaho right after the worst ice storm they ice had they 50 ever freaking ever had. Wow. And um, and so he came here and he looked at a whole bunch of different places. We found a place, we got the place, and within a month and a half, we moved here. That's how fast wow. we moved. And um wow. we we're not knowing if this was gonna be the place that we would stay and live and um we just fell in love with it just literally fell in love with idaho then when all shit yeah. hit, you know like when the world went cuckoo and um, mm -hmm. we uh we moved we decided to we wanted a homestead yeah. we wanted not a homestead we wanted some land that's what we originally wanted was some land we breed uh, we're natural rearing breeders so that means we don't juice up our animals we don't give them mm -hmm. any kind of chemicals nothing like that and we don't do that to the puppies either 
And, uh, and that was really our ambition. We wanted some land to raise our dogs. I mean, that was yeah. what we were after. Yeah. It was like, yeah. even if it's an acre or acre and a half, just somewhere they had a backyard to run around in yeah. and mm -hmm. no regulations because we didn't want to deal with that either. Yeah. So we couldn't find a place because in the Treasure Valley area, it's really hard. Everything has um, HOAs, they have CCNRs. And again, that's all, um, you know, government control, control. Right. It's all the you know strong arming people of do what mm -hmm. i say can't do this kind of thing and um so we decided to find a, another place and we found our farm in the little town of albion in idaho our population is 300 um there's like nothing yeah. here but it's beautiful it's just beautiful where we live and we got five and a half acres and um we just had some chickens and some dogs that's what yep, that, that was gonna be plan. it that was the point. That was that was it, and and we got here, and it's what do you think about getting some pigs? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Let's try it. I want some cows. What do you think about cows? I don't know. Let's try it. How hard can it be? Yeah. So here yeah. we are, and that's what chickens. Yeah, more chickens and yeah. pigs and all the stuff that we ended up breeding pigs, and yeah. so yeah, and a donkey, and, yeah. and now a goose. <laughs> Your goose is my favorite. What's her name? Salty. She is my favorite. She is my favorite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she I is, love her. Is just badass, and she has all kinds of attitude, and she loves me dearly. Yep. Like loves me dearly, and love sits it. at my door, knocks at my door, wants me. So to cute. With her. She make she makes me want a duck. I want a duck now. Yeah. Well, she's a goose. She's not a duck. Goose. Yeah. yeah. I want a goose. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um. So, anyways, that's kind of long story short. You know with years and things, you know, compacting, uh, compounding, we've been here in Idaho now for almost seven years. So we've been living here for that long. So um, way before everybody and their mother moved to Idaho, you know, and um, like me, like me, a lot of people did. And I understand yeah. why people did. Right. I, yeah. you know, don't get me wrong. It's not like, I'm yeah. like I don't like people that moved here. I moved here, you know, um, but I didn't move here for political reasons. I didn't move here for those kind of things. But because of that, and because of our beliefs here in our state, right, our yeah. freedoms that we hold strong, I understand why people come here. Unfortunately, there are people that come here thinking they have those same beliefs. Unfortunately, they need to um, um, go through a whole cycle of letting go of government, right? Because they are, we, all of us, we're all like, think a certain way. Yep. Like I remember the first time I saw a kid without a helmet, I was like, what? I'm that kid, you know, but really because we're programmed. We're programmed because we come from a liberal state, right? Not saying helmets are conservatives don't wear helmets, but we don't, there's not a law here in Idaho for the freaking, you know, like you don't have to wear a helmet, you know, kind of thing. But it's just those kind of that's what I mean by programming. You know, we we all have to kind of get over it. We have a couple of questions in the chat already, but yes, I had, there was a lot I had to get used to when moving to Idaho and I visited for a weekend, September, 2020. And I, that weekend I got a place and then I went back to Vegas. I packed my stuff and I came back a month later. So in one weekend I said, I'm moving here. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. we have a lot in common. I love that. Yeah. So in the chat, someone wants to know what breed of dogs do you um, do the natural rearing? Okay. So we have, we have uh, three different breeds. 
Um, we breed golden doodles. So we have two golden doodles that we breed. Um, we breed a golden retriever and great Danes. So, and then I do have a stud that is a poodle, a standard poodle. So we stud him out. Um, but for the majority part, he, he kind of tends to his, his girls, when we use him, we don't use him all the time because he ended up being a little too tall. And so, um, we only use him periodically. Right. Yep. And so someone said, do you take, did you learn to take care of the animals on the fly or did you ask other owners and research? YouTube university. Are you talking about natural rearing or no. just, yeah, animals? I think, na I think natural rearing. Yeah. Okay. So, so this goes back, that's, that's completely different. We have a child that's vaccine injured. And so, um, we want to say juice, juice injured. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, no, just so we don't get taken down. That's all. Okay. Okay. So he was, he was injured and, <laughs> and anyways, that was 18 years ago. Um, so I've been in this journey for a very long time. And with that, we learn like, it's not just humans, it's animals too. And there's a lot that is involved. So we just started transitioning ourselves. And I was very fortunate to be mentored. I was ever able to mentor underneath a very prominent holistic homeopathic veterinarian in Washington state that kind of took wow. me under his wing. And that's how I learned uh, homeop homeopathy. Uh, nice. And so that's why I'm able to sell certain things online and um, help other people. And so that's when raw feeding came into place. That was herbs came into place. And then we just started even diving even, um, even down more the, you know, the, the deep hole and yep. uh, started learning more. So that's basically in a nutshell, we've been doing this for 18 years. And so I would definitely call myself an expert in this area. And I know mm. a lot about species appropriate diet um, and how to take care of our dogs. So I can just tell you this much. My oldest dog is 12 years old and she's never been to a vet besides an x-ray to see how many puppies she had. And mm. that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is absolutely it. My other dogs have never been to a vet for healthcare for issues, health issues, only if I need an x-ray to tell me how many puppies are in there. That's it. I love that. Yeah. Our cat Sage has only been to the vet when she swallowed a string oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of scary. We, we had, we couldn't, I didn't want to pull it cause it could pull her digestive. And so that was a fun $3,000 vet bill. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, she's never had any juice at all. She'll probably jump up here in a second. She's hiding right next to me. Um, so let's dive in. Let's, let's talk about, um, so you started off with chickens and then what was after that? And we've had chickens before. So I want to put a disclaimer on there. Like we've had animals before, um, only dogs and laying hen chickens, meaning ones that lay eggs. And mm -hmm. people are like, don't all chickens lay eggs? No, they don't. <laughs> and so um, those are the only experience that we ever had with any form of, uh, I guess, a farm style animal. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when, when things were getting really tough to get at the grocery store or, you know, like you just didn't know what, what was happening, I wanted to get a dairy cow. 
And I was like, I think we should get a dairy cow. So we got two dairy cows. And um, no, we started with one. We started with one. The next day we got her sister because she cried <laughs> on me. So I ended up getting, yeah. So it was, it was sad. It was. And, and he warned us. He was like, you should take both. I was like, just need one. And then that night, can I have another one now? So, you know, so that's what happened. So we got two and then they were both pregnant. So we, they both calved. And so we experienced that. We had to learn. And we're very fortunate. We live in um, where ranchers are. So, you know, we have a lot of ranchers around us. And so our neighbors actually kind of helped us through some of the process. And, but it's kind of like we just kind of learned, right? We just, yeah. uh, Corey and I are really great at pivoting. We don't panic. We don't like, we're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do kind of thing. And, well, and, and let me speak there real quick. So like with our ranches around here, like there's only two things that happen up in this valley where we live. They ranch cow and they just grow grass, which they'll cut for their own usage to feed their cows or their horses. That's it. That's it. Nobody does anything else up here whatsoever. We are the anomaly and the talk of the town, literally, because we do so many different I things. I can here. only imagine you guys definitely are the talk of the town. Not, not a like, surprise. Just ranchers up here. It's just ranchers up here. And they're, they're wonderful people. Just yes. wonderful, knowledgeable, hardworking people. Yep. Like you want to see hardworking Americans, you come into my area and yep. you see hardworking freaking Americans. And uh, they don't take shit from nobody. Nope. So, you know, like that's what who what ranchers are. So anyways, um, we decided we wanted to fill our... Then we started thinking of other things. Oh, we got pigs. Yes. So I had a mentor, like a mentor over line. She knew we were getting a ranch and just, I was asking some basic questions and she was moving from Idaho to Missouri. And she is a, um, a farmer that does not juice any of her animals either. Okay. So she shared with me that she had some piglets. And if I wanted to raise one for myself to, to butcher, and I thought, hmm, let me put it out there for my followers, right? And my friends around me, does anybody want this? I can raise them and then you can buy it, right? And I did that and I like instantly sold out, right? Yeah. Sure, I'll take one. Yeah, I'll take one. I'll take one. And so we did five. And this is no experience. We didn't, Zero. Even, we didn't even have a pen set up or nothing. This was straight up arbitrage mm -hmm. at its finest. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we had to learn quickly. We had to learn yeah. what it, how to put a T post into the ground. We had to learn a lot of things, right? Yeah. A lot, like, like, like getting water. <laughs> water is like the worst thing because you got to drag hose everywhere. Okay, yeah. so I say these things because people say, "I want a homestead. I want a farm. I want these kind of things," but they don't realize all the, all the chores yeah. and the yeah. duties that come with it. Like we can do a routine and then we have everything already done. It's all calculated out. So it's not a big deal. But when you first start, your head is on a swivel and you don't know which direction you're going trying to keep up. And that was about our first year. Yeah. So anyways, we got pigs, we raised them out um, and then we sold them and we kept one. Well, we kept two. We bought another one. We kept two and we got a boar from another person that doesn't wow. cheat as well. Because all... I wanted to make sure is that nothing was contaminating my animals and nothing was contaminating my breeding animals. So I was very thorough on who I was getting my animals from. And so that started kind of down the rabbit hole of us. Oh, we'll just do pigs. Yeah. 
And then the next year I was like, oh, you Hold know. On. Over the winter time, so we feed, raw feed our dogs. We have to buy chicken to raw feed our dogs. We were like, what if we grow our own chicken? We have all this land. We grow our own chicken. Why are we buying it? We can grow our own and feed that to the dogs. Of course, what does she do? Does anybody want to buy some chickens next year? I might have some chickens for sale. Yeah. So we ended up scrapping the idea of growing chickens for our dogs and we grew them for other for profits. Yeah. And we, for ourselves. Yeah. And we had never butchered a chicken in our life, like ever. And we butchered 600 chickens the first year. The very first year. Wow. Yeah. So what, how would you recommend someone get started? It's chickens. I mean, I always thought chickens as like step one. Is that step one? No. If, okay. Huh. If, well, I'll tell you the very first thing that we didn't do that I think everybody should do. Get land, do nothing, learn your land. Like okay. learn it through all your seasons. Like understand mm -hmm what's growing, what's not growing, what's happening on your land. What does winter look like? What does spring look like? What does summer look like? Even though if it changes a little bit, just get to know your land first before you bring on an animal. Yes, you could bring mm -hmm. chickens. They're pretty easy. But at the mm -hmm. same time, you don't know what the winter looks like where you live if you've never lived there before, right? And so that would be my very first thing I would tell somebody. Correct. But I'm not that kind of person. So I'm like, I want it all at right now. And um, I feel like that's kind of me too. Well, yeah. in battling through the wintertime, that's the most difficult. When you're trying to keep livestock alive and yeah. it's like mm -hmm. digits with 34 mile hour Like winter. last winter in Idaho. Yeah. Last was, winter here wasn't, it wasn't it was as year cold. Before then. It wasn't as cold. We really? Got, but it wasn't as cold yeah. as the year before. Yeah. I don't know where mm. you, what part of Idaho, like, are you in the mountains of Idaho? I'm in Southeast. So I'm by Idaho Falls. Oh, okay. How far? So you're, you're colder than us. Yes. How you're far is that from you? That's two hours away. So we're hours? not too, too okay. far away from you. So we're up in the mountains of Idaho. Like we're at like 5,000 elevation. So I don't know how high you are, but I do know you get way more snow and longer winters than we do. More snow, more wind and it's colder. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it comes definitely. right off that big mountain area. Yeah. Yeah. Last winter was the worst winter I've seen in my whole life. And I grew up in the Northeast, which has pretty bad winters. I mean, it was, it was bad. Well, we, yeah. we, Chad Christensen lives by you. He posts all the time what's going on in his area. So I know you got hammered. I don't know if yeah. you know Chad Christensen is. He used to be a That seminar. name is familiar. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I know it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, first animal, once you do that first animal, um, Laying chickens and, yes. and, you know, get as many as you want <laughs> because chicken math is real. I'm going to tell you, like, you think you want five? No, you want 10. You know, we have like 60. So we wow. have 60 uh, hens mm -hmm. and um, we have three roosters. Yes. Yes. We have three roosters. And um, so that's what we have. And we'll always add more every year. Just because some do die, some just, you know, disappear. disappear. I mean, it just happens. My my chickens free range. So um, we don't keep them cooped up all the time. They roam my whole farm. And um, but that's how we roll with our livestock. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. What do you feed your chickens? Okay, so we don't buy food from like a, Tractor a tractor supply, supply store. <laughs> um, we don't feed, we feed a non-GMO uh, okay. mix 
and then we add to it and we get it from a local mill. So it's, I find it's very important that you find a local mill that sources local products where you live because it makes a big difference. And then we ferment our food and we add certain other products into it, like kelp and apple cider vinegar into it. And, Oyster and shells. Or, yeah, well, we don't put it into our feed. Most of the time we put it on the ground for them. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to do it that often, like oyster shells, because they do free range. So they get a lot of gravel throughout our property. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, that's mainly their food. And then, um, so we feed them every day. And, um, but we do give them a lot of scraps and I supplement by making them treats of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> they sound spoiled. Your chickens, you're probably all of your animals are. All of our animals yeah. are pretty spoiled. I mean, they only have one bad day in their life on our farm and that's the day that they die. You know, the rest of the time they are loved the whole yeah. time. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like you can tell the difference when, I don't know if you guys believe this, but I believe when you're eating an animal, you're consuming their, their energy body too. So how they live their life, how they were killed, all of that, you're absorbing that. So if they had a, a life full of joy and they were humanely, you know, butchered, you can tell that it's, it's different in the meat. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, you know, so meat chickens are different than laying hens. So that's what we, um, we did Cornish cross and, um, so that's the meat chicken breed that we, um, that we raise and butcher. It only takes eight weeks, um, from the time that we have it until the time we butcher. And so, um, we have tractors that we pull around They're pasture raised. They are fed a feed that we ferment as well. Um, they don't get much scraps because they just, they're messy. They're just, they're just, they're different than a laying hand, but they do. I mean, I wish I could turn my camera right now because in our front pasture, it was just shit. Like literally it was not taken care of. And this year we ran our tractors on air for our meat birds and our, our pasture is like green, green. That's how important it is to have livestock on your land and to rotate them around and to heal your land and nourish your land. It's, yeah. it's a full cycle and we take advantage of all of it. Mm -hmm. We don't just like, oh, we'll just have some birds. We kill it and call it good and keep them in a corner. We're actually <laughs> working our land. They're working our land for us. You know, they really, that's called regenerative farming. We're not like these high-end people who like live by that word but that's generally what it is is that you're utilizing the nitrogen from the animals to help fertilize your land and that's what's most important and so not only did our back pasture get it last year now our front pasture got it this year and we'll do it again next year out in the front area and yeah. then maybe the year after that we'll move back to the back yeah yeah so awesome. even our pigs our pigs are pasture raised so we move them around um mm -hmm. they have hot fence around them so um, with our tractors, when we have them out, um, we yeah, have, um, yeah, well, the chickens, yeah. we have hot fence around that. So that um, holds back, like, you know, if coyote or something comes in, it deters they'll, predators. Yeah, it, they'll get shocked 
if they, if they hit the fence. Cause that was a question someone asked, aren't you afraid of wild animals hurting your free range animals? So we, you're basically we're answering. Very, we're very fortunate up here that because of all the cattle, it really keeps the coyotes away from coming into the now, homestead areas here. We, we've seen it in yeah. our, uh, on our property before. They come, um, they but come, not but the rate that you would think. Once we got our donkey, yes. once we got more cows on our land, once we got our goose, our dogs deter. We have, well, now we had eight dogs with us. My daughter just moved, so she took two dogs with her. So I have six dogs that are roaming nothing's coming on my land because of that even though they're not roaming where the livestock is um because my dogs do hunt and so they, they would hunt the chickens but um not that they're hunting dogs but it's in their breed and um, so they bark a lot you know and so uh, coyotes don't even deers around us don't come on our land you'll see them only on lands that kind of they don't have animals really on them mm -hmm. And another question someone asked, how much help do you have? Do you have help on your farm or is it you guys and the your son? And that's it. We got it wow. down to the system. I mean, yeah. honestly, like. Like we get up, we can, sometimes we get up and we head out to the farm at 730 yeah. in the morning. I mean, sometimes it takes us an hour to do all of our chores. Sometimes it takes 15 minutes, depending on the day, depending on what the needs are for the yep. feed and what's going yep. on. I mean, the longest I would be out there, even with you helping me, would be two hours. And that's like, we're doing a lot. Yeah, there's, there's, and, it's probably because there's a project yeah. we have to do or we have to fix fix fence or we're moving no. we're moving um, livestock from one area to the other. But once mm -hmm. you have your system down, I mean, it's basically feed my boar because he's the first thing that we see out our door. Okay, because he doesn't stay with the, with, um, the sow right now because she just had babies. So they get separated. Um, and so we feed him, we feed the cats because we have barn cats and then we make sure they have water, right? Then we grab some hay, put it in the side-by-side, -side, we head out to the back pasture and we feed our cows and our donkey. And then we go and we check on our feeder pigs, see how they're doing, see if they need water, see how their feed's doing. Typically, we don't have to feed, put feed in for every, every two days. And so, um, so we always know it, that's not a day we're going to have to feed them, but we always check water, like water is super important. Just making sure all the water containers are filled, right? They're not getting too low because animals will bust up things. They'll, they'll, they'll destroy stuff. So you got to make sure you're on top of that. Then we go over to our sow who just had 10 piglets. So we go and we feed her, check on her. Then we head back out of that pasture. We go to the front, to the side pasture. We check on our, we let our chickens all out because they go up, they're cooped up at night. And so we have two coops and then we have a run in the middle. So that's all enclosed with a gate. They put themselves to bed, except my goose. She stays outside until we go to shut the gate. And then she goes inside, um, inside the so, run. Okay. Yeah. And then we close that. I mean, then we let them out. We make sure they have water and feed and then my son comes out later and he does the cow water and he collects the eggs, you know, later on during the day. And so that's basically our routine. Yeah. I mean, that's our routine. It doesn't so sound like too much. It sounds like once you get in a routine, um, you can do it pretty quickly, but then, you know, there's certain seasons where you know, you're butchering the chickens and you're, you know, that's where it takes the more effort is. Yep. When you're moving, 
cattle, when you're moving pigs, when you're moving, when you got to move them to another section, you know, you have to have patience. Shit happens. They get out. I mean, you know, they just get out. They get out of your own fence. My steer loves to go to the other pastures and then cries to come back. You know, like it just, so it bad. just happens. Fence breaks. You know, I just had one of my cows just got pregnant and well, it, she's a heifer. She's pregnant now. And um, two bulls jumped our, um, our fence and then came over and I'm like, no, no, no you know in heat and this old rancher that lives down the way that his it was his bulls his heifer bulls and he was like nope somebody's in heat around here (laughs) swore it wasn't and we just found out yep they she's pregnant now that's how fast (laughs) it and I'm like hey great freebie thank you appreciate it (laughs) so because typically we ai our cows that's how um what does that mean Someone comes in and artificially insemination. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. We don't have a we don't have a bull. You know, we do have a boar and a boar pregnates our our sow. But the one we have, we had it when shit hits the fan, shit hits the fan on a farm. And then sometimes you have to put animals down. There's just mm. things you have to do. And um yeah. we had to go through um putting two of our sows down um within like a month from each other. One of them injured itself. We have no idea. But a 800, a 800 pound pig, you are not like recovering. recovering it, right? And so we had mm. to call her and then bury her in, the, in our back pasture. So just so you know, all farms are a graveyard for livestock. They don't take your animal away. They put it back into the land to nourish the land you know, and that's, that's what you should do, you know? Yeah. That's something I would definitely have to get used to because when I see cows and pigs and I, I'm a meat eater, I'm actually, I lean more towards carnivore than any other diet in all honesty, but I get all my meat from the local farms here. When I see cows and pigs and I'll, I still, cause I'm from the city and I'm driving down the street and I see horses and cows. I'm like, hi, little babies. Yeah. And as we're driving and my boyfriend's like rolls his eyes, he's like, come on. But I can imagine myself getting attached to them. Like, even though I'm raising them with a purpose, you know, and thinking in the future, I can imagine that's going to be something for me to get used to is animals die just like all animals. It's a hard, it's a hard fact. I mean, you start growing a thicker skin when you're on a farm just because a lot more animals do do die, right? Or you have to help a neighbor with something or whatever that might be. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've had great neighbors that mm-hmm. have helped us in times of needs that because we didn't know how to do certain things. We had a cow that died in this last winter. And that like, that shook me because she was my first cow. She was just the love, like, it's like salty. She just loved everybody and she bloated and died. And um, well, she had twisted she didn't bloat. She had twisted stomach. stomach. And once that happens, it's like, you, you can't, it, it happens so fast. And she was just fine the day before. And the next morning she was gone. And um, so that was hard. That was hard. The pigs, you know, we bless them. We thank them. One of them had to get buried. The other one we took to butcher. And, um, and then she nourishes our family because of, you know, 
of her living on our our farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, chickens definitely. are chicken butchering chickens is the hard. It's hard. Really? It's a labor. It's a labor work. And people Why? don't realize how long it takes to butcher chicken and the process, well, our process of how we do it. And um, you know, we start, we start on a Monday. We're butchering, let's say we're butchering 150 chickens, um, not in one day, it's taken us a whole week, you know, we're breaking it up into like 40, 50 per day, then you have to allow it to sit. And then you got to recheck them all and make sure they're all clean. And then you got to bag them. It's a very long process to do. And, um, and so when we see chickens at the store, and when you taste a chicken from a store, it is nothing like a fresh chicken. Like it's, it's night and day. Yeah. I don't eat, I guess I've kind of turned into a little bit of a meat snob living here in Idaho. I just, I can't buy grocery store meat, especially knowing now what they're putting into it and all the extra, I mean, not who knows like, you know, what's true and what's not, but it just seems like they're adding more and more stuff. And I'm not comfortable with that at all. Yeah. I mean, even organic and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash on organic because I'm very much a believer of buying as natural, clean clean as possible, but Mm -hmm. labeling is just a joke. And the reason I know a lot of this is because we do resell, we don't use USDA uh, butchers. Okay. So just so we can get that clear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's a joke and um that's a major joke and there's such gray areas in labeling so I'll give you a prime example when people talk about grass-fed grass finish and you're buying it you know at a grocery store if you look at those two steaks grass finish and green finish they will look almost identical and there's no possible way that, that it should not be that way. It should not be true. Because every time if you ever see a farmer who does grass finish, there's almost no marbling. It's smaller. It's a deeper red. And when you cook and eat it, it is tough as shit. You just, you can barely chew it. You can barely cut it. Yeah. And that's because the marbling's not there. Yeah. And so, so with labeling, just so people understand this, when you're going to their grocery store and you decide to spend $25 a pound on that grass fed grass finish, um, by law, with following the U.S. well, it's not law. Following, following the guidelines of USDA guidelines um, for for grass fed grass finish, it only has to be grass fed for the last ten days of its life, and then they can label it as grass finished. But the whole ninety days prior to that could have been all grains. No, it's just like antibiotic free, you know, that's another joke. As long as it tests that it's not in its systems, they can put a label on it and say it's, you know, antibiotic free. There's a lot of crazy, like all chickens that they're, they produce eggs for grocery stores, even your co-op, all those chickens have to be vaccinated. Mm. I'm supposed to use that word, but juiced. (laughs) juiced. it has to be juiced right so this is why it's so important 
to go directly to your farmer, to find, uh, build a relationship with a farmer, understand how they're raising. Does it fit your needs, your wants, your belief and make that relationship with them, pay them the money that they're asking because they are the backbone of America. This is where you're going to get true food from. And that's what I was going to say was literally make relationships with your local farmers and don't hesitate to ask them the tough questions. Like we share that in our own group. We have an armor group that or home life armor. It's a paid group that we run and we teach people literally, how do you find the producers? How do you find people are going to feed you correctly? Do not be afraid to ask them the tough questions. Are they juiced? How, what's your feeding schedule? What do you do with them on your land? When how they get sick, them? when they get sick, what are you doing? How are you, how are you taking care of them? What are you using when they get sick? You know, cause when you, once you get more than like 10 cattle, right? somebody's going to get sick. It just yeah. happens sometimes. Will, and, will and, they give you a tour of their farm? Yeah. That's the big question. Cause most mm. of the time farmers are going to be like, no. And that's an indication either they run a shitty organization or they're not producing their own meat and they're selling other people's meat. Yeah. So that's another tricky one. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. I yep, didn't want to lose okay. that one. Yep. Cause that's a huge one that a lot of people don't think of. Like, it's not that you're going to go rashly tour. You want to tour it. Great. Go tour it. But it's just a question to get them off their guard and kilter to see if they're being honest with you. But then also go shop other farmers just cause you found like, Oh, this beef is the best. It might, you might find someone that's better. Who knows? But you got to try and not just get settled in on one person too. spread the love around because you'd be surprised how many people are doing great work. Yep. It's just like my foot. Like I just bought from my favorite farmer, you know, produce. She still had tomatoes. I had a garden. I still had stuff, but I need more because I can, I preserve so much food because I don't like using the grocery store. I try very hard not to go to the grocery store and buy certain things that I can preserve the food myself. So I love that. And so who do you wind up selling your meats to? Is it, is it your, um, social media following, or do you guys ever do farmers markets? Like, no, if you do a farmer's market, you have to be USDA and meat. They come check. They come check. Okay. So we mm. can't, we don't do farmer's market. We can only sell within Idaho state under cottage law. Okay. So we follow everything under the cottage law. Um, so we have people that uh, reach out to us and then they purchase our chickens from directly from us. Which we're very fortunate. The cottage law is very favorable, to, favorable, favorable yeah. how do you say it? in Idaho. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's really nice to utilize the cottage laws here where other states are very tough and they're very strict. Yeah. So we can't ship like they, I can't ship out of state, you know, so I just utilize where we are and there's abundance of people that are looking for what we what we offer so i really don't have a need or a want to ship my products out of state because i rather just take care of my community right at least for the meats but your store stuff you ship further right because we freeze dry things right so um you know uh, all of our dog treats are all raw food right and so we freeze dry that we sell all different kinds of freeze dry dog treats. We have a subscription box that we have a lot of people that purchase that through us. Then on the human side, you know, we do a lot of um, uh, fruits, you know, freeze dry fruits. We make our own seasonings that we freeze dry and we make. It's called sprinkle that shit. And we have, um, and I love yeah, that. 
<laughs> and um, it has a little chicken on it. So it's for chicken. But we have two more coming out that will be out this just for Christmas time. And we're putting a bundle for it'll be chicken, pork and beef. And um, and so we do that as well, too. So that we can sell online because it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Right. Because, you know, that's the thing is it has to be refrigerated. It has to be checked by USDA. Yep. So I, as you're talking, I'm getting all these questions and while I'm watching the chat to see if there's any other questions, I don't know if I miss any, I always go back and I read the comments and I'm like, there's comments that I didn't see. Where were they? <laughs> um, does USDA mean the animal has to be juiced? No, it okay. doesn't mean that. Okay. 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 Um, it, it does mean that when you go commercial, so when you go in commercial, there's a little bit like if you're selling at grocery store, there's other guidelines that you have to follow underneath that. So like the butcher that I use, I couldn't use him for my, let's say if I wanted to sell at the farmer's market, there's only three USDA um, facilities from where I live all the way to Oregon. And that's it. And when a butcher, it, it's ridiculous how this all works. For a butcher to have a USDA certified agent in their business, they have to build them out their own office, own bathroom, and they have a different salary they have to be paid. You can't even do anything until the guy tells you it is okay to do it. And then stamp of approval. So there's a lot that is involved money-wise for you to just have a stamp that says USDA. For me, I don't want that stamp because they've said Lucky Charms is more, you know, is more healthy than beef. So, you know, they can just sure. stick that little sticker right up their ass for all I care. <laughs> I don't need it for my product. So I do everything differently. I am Good. straight to the consumer. And so I share how I, I we raise mm -hmm. our animals. We share it all publicly, and then we offer it to um, the people around us. I love yeah. that. I love you guys. Um, it's amazing how many laws and rules and corruptness there is in the food industry. It's wild. It, it's, um, it's just crazy. It's just labeling is just dumb, mm -hmm. you know, with everything, even the juice, you know, we all know how dumb that is, but they all yeah. make leave it is good for you it's good for grandma you know it's good for you to be around grandma you know like yeah. all the things and it's just like food you know they have been passing and they're utilizing so many chemicals even the dirt in our ground is so contaminated from what's being you know in the spring into the, uh, the clouds right those aren't clouds you know what are they putting up there and so it's yeah. getting up food and so there's so many things that people can do on their own to just take back a little bit more yep. of their health yep. and if that's just buying local eggs from a farmer or just a backyard person that has chickens that has extra right buy mm -hmm. that from them even if they say yep. hey I have extra eggs you want it for free give them a few bucks because it's not free to feed them you know, just give them, here's a tip. Thank you. Save all your egg cartons and give them to people that have yeah. chicken. Those are expensive. Yeah. There's a girl that would deliver to me. I think it was like four or $5 for a carton. And I always gave her like a few extra bucks. Cause she came to me Yep. here yep. in, in Shelly. She drove to me. Now she probably lived very close by. I know she lives in Shelly, but 
still, yep. I always, I always give, if I think, you know, the effort was there, I'm going to give extra and like, we'll do things like that where I'll just say, keep the change, you know, cause I appreciate the effort. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. And they, you know, like just us, like just with us, yeah. we appreciate it. You know, sometimes we're delivering to people two and three hours away from us, you know? Oh, wow. And so we don't charge extra for that. We don't even charge a fee for that, you know? But we have an amount of how many is going there. So then that mm -hmm. makes it worth it, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, but everybody, a lot of them are always like, here's a little extra. Here's, yeah. you know, here's a tip. Thank you so much. But I have, we have such great clientele. It's unbelievable. Yes. Like our waiting list is long on everything that we have. And um, we sell out really quickly once we put it out there on our page. So we're very, awesome. very fast. Someone asked, do you grow your seasonings yourself and do you grow herbs? So I do grow some, not all, but I do use as local as possible. If I don't um, utilize some of them that I have to put into my seasoning mix, I get it from Azure standards and it's all organic. Yeah. But most of it, I freeze dry when I can get it, my hands on it. So I think that answered the next question, which said, do you freeze dry yourself? Yeah. We have, yeah. we have two large freeze dryers. They're in our garage. Yeah. And they just, they run nonstop. And 24 so, seven. you know, between um, what we do for ourselves, we do preserve some stuff for ourselves besides selling everything. Yeah. We do have the stuff that we sell and then we have to do regular maintenance and cleaning on it because when we put the raw food in there, we don't want to contaminate the other food. So we have to do a, yep. you know, a couple hour clean down through like a thorough cleaning so we can put, you know, human foods back into where yeah. the raw food is. We're getting ready to buy our third freeze dryer because, yeah, because yeah. Our, our business is so busy. Yeah. That's another topic that I want to dive into another time with you is raw feeding for dogs. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole episode in itself. Yeah. And so yeah. we're getting kind of to the end and I want to, I want to know everything you guys offer Let's put it out there and um, yeah, everything that's in your store, horses, all of it. <laughs> well, you can check out our store at littleroguefarm.com. That is, takes you directly to our farm store. Uh, well, it's just our store. Um, you can't buy any of our live or our meats on there. That's directly through us. Um, but on there, you'll find all of our dog uh, treats on there, which also has a uh, subscription box. I also sell homeopathic on there for parvo, distemper, heartworm, rabies, and kennel cough. So um, I do make a homeopath for each of those. You can buy it individually or you can get it as a kit. And then we have like our seasonings and some of our fruits on there as well. Plus we have merch on there. So there, that that's what basically you're going to find. I think I, mm -hmm. that's about what we have on our store. Yep, yep. No, exactly. And so you have a link that you're going to share with them. And then we have a discount yes. for your listeners. Yep, yep. So you'll have a code and I think it's 10% off. Yes. Yeah, 10% off, um, which we'll post up so that you guys can, uh, I'll give it to Regina. So you guys will have that. That's awesome. Um, Thanks, and guys. Um, yeah, so you'll get a discount there. We also teach people how to make raw food for their dogs. And you can find that at right now you can find it at primalpuppy.com. It is a paid course and group. 
Um, it's being revamped at this time. So come November 1st, it'll be a whole new system. But if you're in it already, you get everything already for that. And you, you get course cat. not just raw feeding, it's natural living with your dog. So we come in there and we teach constantly all kinds of new uh, ways to take care of your dog. It's not cats or any other animals. It's just dogs. And she wants to say hi. Hello. (laughs) She jumped up again. That's Sage. Um, So we have that. And then our third uh, thing that we do is we have what's called home life um, armor. We have a group where we help people in our four pillars of life of how to um, take care of grow in their in um, production and relationship and health and wellness mm-hmm. and um, and physical right so that all of that ties together on how to get your house really in order. Is and- that something you created or do you do that through another company? Yeah. Well, we we created it. Love that! Wow. I'm going to turn the light on. It's starting to get dark here now. I love that. <laughs> um, so we do have um. It's a, a membership group there that we teach on the daily. And okay. so there's that. Um, and then the last thing I do, which you and I partnered up, is yes. I, I help people bring a home tower into their home or I help others start that business so that they mm-hmm. can help their followers and their friends on learning mm-hmm. how to bring a tower into their home to grow you know, quality food that's not contaminated. There's a question in there. And then is there any way you guys can give us a peek of your tower? How is it doing right now? Do you, do you have some good plants? It's down in our garage right now. Cause we're moving it up here into a bedroom, but we're getting it all prepared for that. It's going really great. I have eggplant on it and a whole bunch mm. of different peppers. Yeah, the peppers um, I just moved out my cucumbers cause we're really just going to start growing a lot of greens through the winter time. Um, mm-hmm. just because I was able to preserve a lot of food for, you know, other things, but I have uh, bush tomatoes coming in. I have lots of herbs. I have lots of microgreens. I'm trying to think of all the things that I have on there. The beet uh, microgreens are so good. Yeah. The beet microgreens are good. Um, I just planted all my seeds. Um, broccoli. Mm-hmm. I have broccoli too. I'm excited. I'm yeah. nervous. Don't be nervous. It's all, you know, it's I just, just it's like gardening. You just have to kind of learn, but it's it's easier than outside gardening. That's how I look at it. Well, because, okay. Yeah. Can I mess it up is the question. To... Can I mess it up? Anything you can mess up, right? I think yeah. we can mess up anything. If we... <laughs> but I, it's with outside gardening, you have to companion garden because of the soil and the nutrients. With the tower garden, you do not have to companion garden because it's aeroponic, right? So the water comes and the uh, nutrients in it comes from the top. Well, the bottom, it's pumped to the top. It drips down over each of the roots of the plant. So it's getting the proper nutrition that it needs. And so that's why it grows such abundantly. And so once yours start going, you're just going to be like, holy shit, how did I do this? This is amazing, right? And you're just going to want more. That's just what happens. It's like, chicken. I already want more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm and excited. Yeah. And so it's super, super easy. It's almost a, a set it and forget it, but you still have to kind of like, love on it and take care of it. But for the most part, it's nothing like outside. You don't have to worry about having to water anything. That's the part that we typically forget to do. Yep. I'm excited. Um, Couple questions in here. 
I think you kind of answered this, but maybe he missed it. You guys don't do your own butchering, right? Or what the chickens you do, but you're just the chickens. No, we take our pigs in. We don't have a space to hang them or, you know, to let them dry out or chill or we don't have a walk-in freezer or, or cooler, right? So we have a butcher that we utilize and he's just an amazing patriot that we just love to death. He has yeah. become a really great friend of ours. And mm-hmm. so he takes very good care of us and our customers. So yeah, we, we we're very fortunate because butchers are hard. They're hard to find really good ones yeah. and ones that don't, you know, steal your meat. And so, which is right. a real thing. And um, so, yeah. And also ones that do it in a humane way. I, I, I've i heard, is this true that most butchers just are not really humane about it? Is that true? Well, or? I don't know. Humane means something to, different than to everybody. That's true. Yeah. And so I will tell you when we go and we take our pigs, there's no humane way to kill an animal besides right between the eyes okay and down just have to do it and ours gets killed right in our trailer like right in our trailer and right in front of the others if you try to hold back animals from if you create that energy to do that all of them start freaking out like so you got to remember animals feed on energy so if you keep everything calm and they're just eating and they think pigs will just eat because that's what they do and we just have some feed down and they're just eating and and then they're shot right and they go down the other ones won't even flinch because they're right right and so you want your animal relaxed you want you don't want them tensed up that's when meat starts getting contaminated that's when you can feel it when you or taste it when you eat it you're like something's wrong wrong. it's probably because they stressed out the animal when they were killing it like chickens we bring them our free-range chickens just roam around. They want to eat. They're scavengers. They're like crows. Okay. Land crabs. Yeah. They, they want pieces of it, you know, and I throw stuff down for them and they're happy little campers. And the ones that we call, you know, they don't, it's so quick. You know, we have cones for them. We're not wringing necks. We're not chopping heads off and they're running around until they flap around and die. You know, that's how they typically would do. We have cones. Yeah. We put them in. You know, that there is a slice that happens, you know, and then we just hold it and let them bleed out and it goes really quickly. And then it's, we just have a process that we do at first. I don't do any of the calling because I can't like literally, I, no, I can't say I can't. I just don't want to, you know, I have Corey do it, but I gut every single one. That is my job. I'm opening them up and pulling out everything and cleaning all I don't and know if I could do that. It's not as bad as what people think, you know, but I don't have a problem touching raw meat either mm-hmm. or raw things. So that doesn't bother me. Yeah. The first yeah. thing the smell is all embedded in your nose. It's gross. Right. And then the next day when you're doing, you don't smell it anymore. You know, I have essential oils going, but guts are guts. They still smell. Still stink. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're going to hang out for a few, if that's okay, in the Facebook group. But I'm going to end the recording here in a second. What do you, what do you want to leave us with? And then let's get all your contact info so that everyone that watches this afterwards, whether it's on YouTube, Rumble, or wherever, if they want to reach you, let's get your contact info. So, so I want to leave with, if you want to take a chance on doing homesteading or farming, do it. 
even if it's like sounds crazy, it seems crazy, the rates are crazy to get into a house or land, it's worth it. It's really worth taking the chance and seeing if it's something you like or not. Because even if you get on five, 10 acres, you do nothing with it, you do nothing with it. You got a lot of land, which is kind of cool too. But yeah. really, you know, give yourself a shot at it. Even if it's a micro farm where you're like one, two acres. Even a half acre. You can yeah. do a lot of damage, do damage with a half, with a half acre. acre. Let alone one acre. But, you know, mm-hmm. if it's something that's pulling your heartstrings, just do it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing, it's the Gary P of, the Gary V effect. You don't want to have regret. Regret of thinking, what if, what if, what if. Just go take a chance on it. Well, you mean, we've done dumber shit, yeah. right? I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, that's the other thing is that so many people wait on the sidelines to go, man, I wish I would have tried that or did that. Well, why are you waiting or wishing? Just fucking do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And what a time right now, especially a time for sovereignty and, a, and to bring some independence to your family. Yeah. You know, I do life with entertainment. I do life with just being real. I do life the way that I want. And I'm all about getting my house in order and, um, and for me, you know, it's not just my family. It's not just my faith. It's, it's not just everything else. It's, I really deeply inside know that I have to make fuck you money to make sure that I can take care of my family because mm-hmm. the government does not have your back. And if someone gets sick, Western medicine is just not the place that you got to go and they're not going to save you. They're just going to make you into a guinea pig and you're going to, they're going to profit off of you and give you all the bad things. Right. And so I, I, my view is so different on things. I'm not stuck about what's happening in the world. I'm looking at and pivoting of what I need to be doing to make myself stronger, to make our lives better, Mm -hmm. to make our home feel safe. And that's, that's what I leave you with is just do what makes sense to you, not what makes sense to other people. Correct. Love it. I love you guys. I love everything that you're about. I'm so thankful to be connected to you. Thankful that you said yes to come on my little podcast. That's just a baby right now. Um, how, (laughs) How can people reach you and what's your store? I'm going to put all this in the Facebook chat, but just so we have it up on other platforms like YouTube and everything. Um, It's Lorena Gardner or, or little rogue farm. If you just Google little rogue farm, I'll probably show up on a lot of uh, different platforms just because I do have a pretty good following on both platforms are the two platforms I use is just basically Facebook and Instagram. Um, I do periodically go on TikTok, but I'll never check anything over there because I just am not there very Mm -hmm. often. Um, But those are my two platforms that I'm on that I am on. And that's where you can find me all the time. I'm same, but you know, not different name, obviously. <laughs> Corey B. Gardner on Facebook and life dot life dot with dot Corey on Instagram. Yeah. So you can find me there as well. I don't have the following she does, but I do put out just as much content and eventually <laughs> I'll take off, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. You know, we're consistent. Yeah. So um, we do share different content. So that's a cool yeah. part. If you follow if, if both of us, you'll notice that we will have different stuff for every day too. Yeah. So, you guys are consistent. 
Yeah. Um, if you're offended by language, you might not want to follow me no. because I am the F-bomb on everything and that's just who I am. And um, so I just forewarn you that I, I talk my truth. I say what I want. I don't really care. And I love haters. I think they're fun <laughs> to play around with. And I get a lot of them and, and it's okay too. But I love to entertain. I love to entertain and throw rocks at topics that are controversial. So that's mm, I love it. And that's what drew me to you when you were posting stuff about juice <laughs> in April. And <laughs> right. April's autism month. And I yes. was just like, oh, that's yeah. my girl. That's my girl right there. Um, and is there a website for the store or roguefarm.com? littlerogfarm.com and they can use the coupon code for the viewers. I think it's SOV AF10, S-O-V AF10. Is that it, Corey? Yeah. You'd have to ask and I'll, my back I'll put first. that in the Facebook chat and then I'm going to put it up on YouTube and everywhere else. So we've got all the contact info where people can reach you, website, social media. They've got a coupon code for 10% off. Definitely follow these two. I can't even tell you. Um, I love your videos so much. I'll, I'll be like, babe, you got to see this video. <laughs> oh, the we do. It's just like the content you can put out there when you don't care what people think. It's just so, so freeing to just be you and just, you guys are hilarious. So, well, you know, our journey has brought us to where we are today. And I just stand in and what God has provided for me. And that's all that matters to me is that I'm just doing what he's telling me to do. And I'm cool with it all. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're going to hang out for a few extra minutes. If there's any last minute questions in the Facebook chat. Um, thank you all the viewers, both live and later on. Thank you for supporting this podcast and thank you for being here.